Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast and RJ Bell's dream preview for John Deere Classic Week at the TPC Deer Run in Silvis, Illinois. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter. Nice to have you aboard as we give you the latest as far as PGA Tour handicapping is concerned. Uh, led some uh, some finished last week at the Travelers as Sahith Thagala stood on the 18th hole with a one-shot lead after a fantastic back nine charge uh to 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 briefly take the lead from Xander but then you know it all unraveled uh for Sahith you know drove it up against the lip on the left fairway bunker um on 18 at TPC River Highlands and then instead of taking his medicine uh and getting it out he takes two out of the bunker and makes double uh essentially you know giving Xander the tournament and uh and handing me that 20 to 1 ticket led yeah, uh, you know, as Xander backers, we weren't too upset about that, um, that you know, finish on the 18th. But, uh, man, after birdieing 17 out of a divot uh, and then to, you know, hit it in the bunker and then compound the air there by hitting it up against the lip, uh, that just cannot happen. Doc, we talked about it. If he had a, uh, a caddy with maybe a little more experience or, you know, a I don't think Bones or a Stevie Williams or Ted a, Scott. Yeah, or a Ted Scott. They're handing him lob wedge, saying he had a bunker shot and like walking off the bag. They're not allowing him to to make that mistake because the only thing you cannot do is leave it in the bunker. You know, it's like um, he's obviously he's playing well. If he pitches that thing out to who knows, 90, 100 yards, there's a pretty good chance that he's going to hit that inside 10 feet. And in fact, he did hit the inside 10 feet when he hit his, what would that have been his fourth shot, yeah. you know, into the green. So um, just a disastrous finish. And I know it seems like, uh, you know, he's not gone on the door. He'll get there soon. But, you know, we've seen guys that are great players that only end up with two or three PJ tour wins throughout their career. Now I think Sakith will have a better career than that, but when it's you know when the trophy's in your hands and you don't close it out it's tough and then looking at Xander um you know he was one of those guys we've been kind of ripping on the podcast he hadn't won an actual right PJ tour event since like the century tournament champions like I think it would have been in like 2019 so it had been such a long time yes the Zurich uh can't lay show was mixed in there um yes the Olympic uh gold medal right but I give him more credit for that one than, than what is deserved. I mean, that, that was a, uh, like a weak hero field at the Olympics. You know, I, I, yeah. certainly, I, in, in my opinion, you know, a hundred years from now, um, you know, if the Olympics are still going on, it, it'll, you know, his name will still be recognized in that manner, but we've talked about it a lot. You know, it certainly was an extremely weak field. Um, yeah. And, but you know, yeah. he obviously he won this past week. Uh, a real PJ tour event, we'll call it. Right. But yeah. um, he's been one, one of those guys who's been so consistent throughout the bag, right. He pretty much gains in every single category um, from week to week. And, you know, if you put yourself there enough, right. Kind of in the hunt late on Sunday, you are going to get times where the, you know, I wouldn't say it was handed to him, but it's not like he went out and won that. You know what I mean? Like if you put yourself, uh, you know, in the final group five times, you know, eventually guys who haven't been in that position much, like, you know, like a Sahid Thigala might have a, you know, a tough closing stretch there. And, you know, you can just, uh, he ended up birding 18, but he didn't even need to. So, um, you know, great for Xander to, you know, I think if you would have told me, uh, yeah, looking at his season now, it's like, you know, adding the Zurich in there and stuff. It's like, okay, he's got two PGA tour wins. He's, you know, he's way up there in the FedEx cup. He's now having the season that we, really expect him to have every year based on what he does statistically. But yeah, I'm sure, I'll, you know, big weight lifted off his shoulders because he's had a lot of close calls over the last couple of years. So nice for him too. Um, do they do a jacket at the travelers? Everybody does a jacket. Mm, yeah. I think they, I actually do think they do some kind of red jacket. I'd have to double yeah, check like quick, tour, uh, but, quick search of the tours Instagram. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, my week from a betting standpoint, uh, I did hit Xander Shoffley over Sam Burns at plus 100, uh, which we kind of sniffed out. We just thought those were players of similar caliber, and that was obviously a, a landslide. And then my best bet of Tony Finau plus 400, top 10, was so close. Uh, he finished 13th, missed out on that by a shot. Oh. But, you know, I think that was 
you know, I would do that bet again for sure because a guy who, you know, people were looking at had missed the cut at the Travelers through three events in a row. Um, obviously, uh, he was able to have a good week and, you know, we were right there uh, on Sunday. How about you, Doc, from a betting standpoint? Yeah, a couple, you know, really good uh, points to hit. Obviously, the Xander 20 to 1 winning ticket, but then I had Sahith Tagala over Johnny Vegas at plus 112 as my best bet. And that hit on Friday um, as Vegas missed the cut. That being said, it was kind of funny because I, I certainly didn't want um, Tagala to win. Uh, you know, I had already hit the, the best bet matchup ticket, just needed Xander. Uh, kind of on on the negative end of things, you know, I, I had Cantley top five plus 200 as my only pick to place. And uh, he made seven bogeys or worse uh, in the final round, really threw up all over himself. Um, yeah, that was that really out of character final round for Cantley. Super out of character. I thought going into Sunday, it was going to turn into kind of a match play situation. Um, yeah. and, and which would have been nice because I also had the Cantley 14 to one ticket, but that did not happen. Um, I had Davis Riley over Aaron Wise at plus 112. Davis Riley made the cut. Didn't play particularly um, amazing over the weekend, but, you know, he continues his run of, you know, making cuts and, you know, getting himself in the mix. And uh, probably the worst ticket I had was was Jordan Spieth over Keegan Bradley at minus 110. I mean, um, Spieth missed the cut, and you could certainly tell that I think that with last week, the Travelers was his fifth or sixth week playing in a row, and you could certainly see it. Yeah. Sometimes these guys, you know, they commit. Well, what's weird is I'm pretty sure he committed. Well, he, he, he didn't play Canada, I don't think. I'd have to check, but it Anyways, it was, he's, been, it was play, a big he's been playing a lot, but yeah. I saw that he, like, entered the Travelers, like, Friday afternoon uh, of the U.S. Open. Like, you know, so. Um, another hand, another hands-on-deck situation? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, all hands-on-deck. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to have a decent field. They need him this week, uh, you know. Getting into that, let's just start it off with the field and you know course prep and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, John Deere Classic, Steve Stricker, three-time champ. Uh, I think that kind of is a good summary for kind of what the golf course asks you. It's definitely more of a precision golf course. Um, Doc, looking at the field, let's not sugarcoat this. <laughs> this is this is the worst field I've seen in a long time for a PGA Tour event. Um, the only guy you could really write home about was probably Daniel Berger, and he just withdrew. Uh, so, Webb Simpson's, Web Simpson's a major champion. <laughs> yes. Okay. We'll give it. Okay. Webb Simpson. But he's a little. You know, and Stricker, uh, Str I know you're getting here. Stricker withdrew. Ultimately, he's not even playing. I know Webb would never join Liv, but. I mean, he's got the absolute – he's like the perfect live kind of wash guy that would uh, – you know, I'm not saying he's wash, but, you know, I mean, like I feel like Webb Simpson is definitely – his uh, best golf is behind him. I'm surprised the live, uh, live tour didn't, uh, didn't target him. But anyways, the top three finishers that aren't already exempt for the British Open will earn a spot to play at St. Andrews. Um, so, you know, given the weaker field – it's pretty much just a British open qualifier. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Doc, here's a kind of thing I saw. I don't know if you thought this would have, if this had ever happened. Um, the second best bet betting favorite uh, is not exempt into the next major. That's that Adam. Not, is that Adam Hadwin? That, that's Adam Hadwin. Um, that's really surprising, you know, in terms of the fact that, that just shows what the field is kind of like, right? It's like this guy is the second best, you know, second best odds of winning this golf tournament, uh, you know, is the way the books see it. And he's not even in the next major. Now, granted, he is coming off a tied seventh uh, at the U.S. Open. Um, he is one of those guys who's certainly looking for a spot in the British this week. Um, I'm surprised, uh, Doc, a lot of the times, you know, if you finish top five in a major or top ten in a major, depending on what it is, you get in the next year. Yeah. It'd be nice if guys could kind of string together major appearances. You know, if you finish seventh in the previous major and you're not in the next major, it seems like a little wishy-washy. It would be nice uh, to kind of have him as part of the conversation. Um, 
Les, yeah. Les, Les lobbying topics. Um, yeah. But just to note, you know, on the field a little bit, you know, this event used to be the week before uh, the Open with uh, with one spot, the winner um, going to the Open. And I feel like in the the old, the maybe the not older days, but at least through the 90s and, and 2010s, it seemed like, you know, a lot of the guys like to play the deer the week before the Open and then they, they'd all get on the charter plane and fly over there together. You know, now it's like, okay, you know, top 20 in the world, they're going net jets or PJ who wants to get on a plane with 125 of the tour players. Um, so well, yeah, I mean, not, not only the schedule change led, but I also, you know, where it falls on the, on, on, you know, the schedule now, it just seems like guys are coming off the five to six week stretch and need two weeks off before either the Scottish or the open. Yeah, well, I mean, the John Deere has always had a bit of a weaker field, you know, so there's probably only 15, 20 guys getting on that charter flight to go to the British. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. But in terms of but in terms of uh, I remember, you know, I was watching some like DP World Tour a couple of years ago and it'd be like some random tournament like Austrian Open or something. And like the top five from that, was, you know, qualifying for the British Open. So it's nice that it's also a PGA Tour thing. You know, they present them with a little British Open flag. Yeah, yeah. Three but, spots uh, is nice. Three spots is nice. Yes, I think it's you know it's huge, especially the fact that you know a lot of these guys aren't exempt uh, into that tournament, and the fact that it's at St Andrews. I think there's a little more to play for this week than normal. It's not. This isn't just like a regular British Open. This is like the British Open at St Andrews, yeah. which is uh, you know kind and, of like U.S. Open at Pebble. You know, same kind of thing. Some names uh, listeners might recognize that um, are in the field this week that are not in the open is Lucas Glover, one of our favorites, uh, Jason Day, Jason Duffner, um, Sahith Thagala, and Steve Stricker was not exempt either, but he, you know, he withdrew from from the tournament. So yeah, Glover, Day, Duffner, and Thagala, three, you know, um, high profile players that are not in the open this year yet. Yeah. So the golf course, TPC Deer Run, 7,289-yard par 71. It has three par fives. It's designed by D.A. Wybring. Uh, you know, it's a tree-lined golf course with a decent amount of dog legs. I think the fact that you have those dog legs, even though you see 7,289 yards, the fact that they're dog legs, you know, plays a little short in that because you can cut corners. And, you know, a, a 450 par four plays a little closer to 400 if you can take it over the corner. Um you know, the fairways are pretty forgiving, but if you do miss, you're going to have to deal with that kind of Kentucky bluegrass, yeah. which can be tough to judge second shots out of. You're not going to make a lot of birdies from the rough. We've seen that over years past. Uh, bent grass, fairways, and greens. Um, another course, just like Travelers, normally produces a pretty bunched leaderboard. Since, two, since 2000, the event has resulted in a playoff or a one-shot win uh, 16 times. So... For the most part, not exactly expecting a runaway because so many guys are going to be able to, you know, make a ton of birdies. Uh, Lucas Glover is our defending champion. Uh, he shot 19 under par to, to beat out uh, someone by the name of Kevin Na, who uh, Doc may have forgotten about, and uh, Ryan Moore by <laughs> two shots last year. Other winners include uh, Dylan Fratelli. Sorry, Dylan Fratelli. That was pre-bull. Uh, Michael Kim, Bryson DeChambeau. Pre-bowl, pre-broadcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Jordan Spieth uh, won his event twice. This was his first tour win, correct? Yeah, but this was Spieth's first uh, first tour win. Um, when he played in the bunker shot and it went in? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> it, yeah, in 2013. And um, it, it was one of... It was a shot that I'll, I'll certainly ne never forget. It was my second year playing golf. Um, I mean, the first year, you know, I kind of, you know, I would pack it in every day. You know how it is, Led. And, yeah. um, and then I remember watching that event and seeing him hole out from the left bunker with water long. Um, and uh, I would say the last player that I could ever fanboy out to, it was definitely mm -hmm. going to be Jordan Spieth. Just as far as like the age gap is concerned, you know, when you get closer and closer in age to these guys, you can't just fanboy out anymore. It's kind of weird. So um man what a year 2013 and that's where you know I, I remember him winning that going to the interview and, and talking about how he couldn't wait to get on the charter plane get over to the open um mm -hmm. it had that kind of feel you know and uh 
sure, you know, three guys will will get exempt into the open this year, but um then what? You know, what do you go the play the the Barbersol or or the Scottish uh <laughs> next week? It doesn't have that feel where it's like, okay, now it's time to go across the yeah. pond and go play the open. Yeah, exactly. It it was cool how it you know went straight into it. Now players are getting over there earlier to play, you know, some link style golf to get ready for St. Andrew. So it is a bit of a uh I mean not very often do we have guys play well at the John Deere and then go to you know tear it up at the on a links course because I mean you cannot find more opposite conditions. Uh other guys that have won here, Brian Harmon, Zach Johnson kind of fit the little shorter player, a little yeah. more precision, uh, you know, type players. Um but kind of all over the map in terms of players that have you know done well here. I think being a bomber certainly helps on the par fives, but I don't think it's necessity. Um, you know, over the last 10 years, the highest winning score uh, has been 18 under par. So, you know, definitely will want to probably be in the twenties by the end of the week to even have a chance on Sunday. Uh, you know, we look at course history. There are definitely guys that have popped up on leaderboards time and time again. Uh, in terms of course comms doc, I like, TPC River Highlands, which is last week where the Travelers was. I think that's, you know, pretty similar. And then even Detroit Golf Club, uh, you know, compare pretty well to uh, TPC Deer Run. Um, in terms of a little bit more precision, uh, especially, you know, off the tee, hitting fairways. And, you know, the, the fairways are actually pretty forgiving. If you do miss, you know, we talked about it, it's going to be very tough to make birdies. The greens are a little bigger. A lot of people – just call this event a putting contest, right? But to me, I don't think it is. Uh, you know, I actually took some guys that aren't aren't putting that way that great in my uh, in my picks this week, just because. Uh, you know, if you hit a pitching wedge to twelve feet and the other guy hits it twenty five feet, I don't care how good the you know how good a putter you are. The guy who hits it twelve feet is is probably going to make more birdies. You know, just based on percentages and stuff like that. So guys, just grabbing. Uh, you know, brutal ball strikers that, that you know, that putt well, uh, you know, you're not going to make yeah. four or five 30 footers every round, or at least it's not sustainable to get to 20 under par. Realistically, you need to be giving yourself, you know, 10, 12 plus birdie opportunities around to, to get to that number. So, you know, stats we're going to look at is strokes gain approach, of course, strokes gain putting on bent, you know, a little bit of course history sprinkled in it, sprinkled in there, but yeah, let's just uh, get into those favorites. Yeah, we'll start with uh, with Webb Simpson um, at ten to one, and Webb um, playing extremely well after dealing with a midseason injury. Um, he's coming off a solid T thirteen finish at the Travelers um, after finishing twentieth uh, in the PGA Championship at the end of May. But the bottom line is, you know, Webb Webb Simpson prices are completely inflated across the board because of uh, the strength of field. So I, I'm out on him. Uh, completely this week he's been in the the high 20s uh to low 30s as far as his winning odds are concerned over the past uh four to five weeks and he hasn't won anything since june of 2020 so uh why all of a sudden should i go jump on him um at 10 to 1 just because uh it's a weaker field think about that and uh, you'll understand why that makes absolutely no sense uh so i'm out on uh, on webb simpson at 10 to 1 this week yeah, and I, I don't, I don't mind him maybe anchoring up the DraftKings lineup because you know you pretty much know what you're gonna get with Webb Simpson. Normally decent off the tee, obviously an assassin with the wedges. Yeah, and, uh, you know he gets a putter going. You never know, but um, yeah, there's a lot of question marks in this field. So you know maybe adding a guy like Webb Simpson in your lineup just and then looking for those kind of other diamonds in the rough. It's gonna be pretty high variance week, but yeah, I'm out on. Uh, on Webb Simpson and that 10 to one as well. But honestly, doc, and I'm going to go over these briefly and explain why, but I don't like a lot of the favorites really here. I just don't think there's much value specifically, you know, starting with Adam Hadwin at 14 to one, you know, he's played this event twice back in 2015 and 2016, finishing 18th and eighth place. So, you know, he does have the history uh, even though it's uh, from a pretty long time ago. Um, now I know everyone's odds are shorter this week because the you know the the field is a little uh, weaker than usual. But this is a guy who is like hundred to one at the U.S. Open, and you know is normally around that number in most PJ Tour events. So to take him at like a Justin Thomas or a you know Patrick Cantlay or a a John Rahm, 
uh, type number is just really tough to do on, especially on a golf course. He hasn't played in six years. This isn't exactly Steve Stricker coming in here. You know, the guy hasn't played this events, uh, in a long time. So at 14 to one, I'm not taking Adam Hadam at 14 to one. If he was a defending champion, uh, let alone hasn't played here in that long. So, um, he does have four top tens on the season. Uh, you know, one of the issues I'd, you know, I kind of look at is he's not like an elite ball striker, right? Um, so, and, you know, normally one of the better putters on tour, but as of late, he's uh, losing strokes on the greens in five of his last six heading into this week. So I am completely out on uh, Adam Hadwin. I just think it's a bad number for him. And on to uh, Sahith Thigala uh, at 16 to 1. Um, he was 65 to one last week to win at travelers and he finishes second. And now he's, uh, 16 to one going into the John Deere. So, um, some obvious and, you know, inflation on Thigala's number this week due to an overreaction at a second place finish. I told you last week that he would win soon. Uh, but what I did not think was that his number going into this week would be 16 to one. So, um, I'm passing on the Thigala winning ticket and the the top 10 number uh, you know i'll be interested to see um if he draws any matchups against webb or jason day but uh but uh, i'm out on on sahithigal this week at 16 to 1 although i hope he does get it get one of those spots for the open for sure yeah and you know we've seen guys that have had those you know it's doc i'm are you fine with me labeling it's kind of a blow up on 18 like with that totally decision? that whole process we've seen guys come back the next week and really have good weeks. Like I remember Kyle Stanley just had the disaster at uh, what was that farmers or at Torrey pines and then won the next week at the waste management. Um, because obviously to be in a position to blow up, you obviously have to be playing really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, you know, I could see him having a good week. I think the top 10 numbers are a bit overpriced and uh yeah, I just don't think there's any value there. Uh, you know, I honestly, I would be surprised if he just came back the next week and just won the John Deere because realistically, you know, we've talked about, yeah, uh, whether it's like with the putter, right? Um, winning or contending back-to-back weeks on really low scoring events is tough because you have to go potentially, you know, 18 under last, or what do you finish at? 17 under last yeah. week probably gonna have to go 22 plus under this week right going 40 under par in a in a two event span is is really tough to do so at that number i think uh it's it's definitely a pass it's not like it's not like the mito Pereira thing where at the pga a tough golf course of southern hills you know he throws up on himself on 18 and and yeah chokes that event you know it's it's a strong word but that's what happened and then top 20 is at, at Colonial the next week, another tough golf course. So, yeah. Um, but like you said, kind of a different case when you have to shoot like 45 under um, yeah. over it's the course of eight it's rounds. Not, yeah. It's not even a win. You know, the guys could shoot 23 under and fourth the way this kind of week could, uh, could work out. Um, anyways, next guy, Jason Day, 22 to one. Mm. John Deere rookie Jason Day uh, is coming off a miscut at the Travelers where he lost five strokes with the putter, but didn't exactly light it up from tee to green either. Um, here's his iron play as of late. He lost three and a half strokes approach at Memorial, lost 3.7 strokes uh, with approach at the PGA, and lost 4.1 strokes at the AT&T. So his irons are nowhere near where they need to be to give him enough birdie opportunities at the John Deere this week. Um, the reason he's even kind of been playing better as of late is he's just been putting lights out with the putter. And last week he had an off week with the putter and he missed the cut by seven. Uh, so um, Jason day at 22 to one is a total pass. Yes. He has the name, uh, you know, the name brand PJ champ. Uh, did he win the players? He won the players too. Yeah. Right? won the players. Um, but yeah, I'm actually going to be fading him with a matchup nice. uh, that I'm uh, looking forward to talking about later. I like that. I'm off day two. Um, one at 22 to one, I don't like. And two, like you noted, his iron play has been disastrous. Um, on to Maverick McNeely at 25 to one. I'm out on McNeely this week. He ranks uh, outside the top 50 in all statistical denominations over his last 12 rounds. And uh, even in a weaker field, I, you know, I still have no reason that 
to believe that he's going to contend uh, based off what we've seen lately. You can point out, uh, you can point to the decent finish here last year for McNeely. But when I look back at this time last year, uh, his game was in so much better shape. Uh, when McNeely strolled into John Deere last year, before his 18th place finish, he was coming off uh, two top 25 finishes in his last three starts. Uh, it's a much different story for McNeely this year. So, uh, and no doubt is he in a bit of a slump um, and he's a sure pass for me this week. Yeah. And another guy I'm passing on, Patrick Rogers at 28 mm. one. He's made six of his last seven cuts coming in here this week. I mean, he just looked like an absolute boss in the US Open with the, you know, semi-flat bill and the in the uh, you know, he looked like a he looks like an outfielder. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does. Kind of looks like a uh he's got the look down. He's um, got the Chris Bryant vibes. Yeah. Um, you know, if Chris Bryant had a little bit of flow. But anyways, yeah, yeah he does. Anyways. Uh, he followed up a nice twenty, a nice top twenty at the RBC with a thirty-first place finish in the U.S. Open. Uh, the man is chipping like Victor Hovland right now, losing a half a shot per round around the greens. Um, if he hits it well this week, it shouldn't cause too much of an issue. Uh, he has made the cut here in his last five starts. You know, high, highlighted by a runner-up in twenty seventeen. Um, honestly, I hate the twenty-eight to one number. Just because this is another guy who's, you know, he's never won on the PJ Tour. He's normally 100 to 1 in most PJ Tour events. Um, I like the consistency, consistency he's been playing with. You know, I might look for him in a matchup or a potential pick to place, given the fact that um, he has made the cut here in his last five starts. You know, that's no joke just because of the fact that this cut sometimes can be three or four under par. You know what I mean? So he consistently has shown that, you know, he's been able to make enough birdies. But, 28 to one, I still think is a little steep for a guy like uh, Patrick Rogers. I'm going to talk about P. Rogers a little bit in the in the picks of place. I certainly get where you're coming from, where he's done nothing to warrant ever being in the top ten of favorites um, on a on PGA Tour odds. But um, we'll we'll get there in the, uh, and, in the in the picks of place. Yeah, and Doc, I don't you know I don't mind him in a pick to place or a matchup. Um, the one thing that's really been letting him down that's stopping him from really contending the last couple of weeks is his chipping. And I don't think he's going to really have to be doing that that much just because he's going to have a lot of short irons. Um, he's going to, and the greens are, you know, above average in size. Uh, you know, if he's chipping, he's not going to contend anyway. <laughs> right. So for the most part, he's not really going to be having, you know, more than two or three chips around if, uh, you know, two, three, four, I guess, if he's, uh, if he's ball striking the way he has been normally. I'll just say, now nah, I do like the top 20 number of plus 170. Anything finishing inside of that, I, I don't know why I should, you know, it's um, agreed. 28 to 1 is shocking for, for P. Raj. But, um, you know, like you said, has made a lot of cuts here, playing well. I think I'm going to have to trust him with the top 20 number, uh, but we'll get there. Led into our matchups uh, for the John Deere, I'll start us off with Brendan Todd over Jason Day. Uh, at minus 110 on DraftKings, um, three tickets on Beta this week. One matchup, one top five, one winning ticket, which we'll get to. Uh, but the bottom line is Beta has the best value um, in this field because, you know, he's playing so, so well. And, and fortunately for us, he's kind of coming off a fluky miscut at the Travelers, uh, which increased his odds uh, coming into this week. And uh, a couple of reasons why you should take him this week. When you look at the... The scope of his last 12 competitive rounds, he's second in total strokes gained, third in putting, um, and shows absolutely no weakness um, around the greens. Uh, he has you know top 15 finishes in two of his last three starts, and um, you know a great option in in Illinois this week. And here's the deal with Jason Day. Um, you know we talked about him a little bit in the favorites. His ball striking has gone backwards, especially as far as his iron play is concerned, and um, he's really not making the distance putts that you need to contend um, at TPC, you know, deer run. There's a part of me that feels that Jason day will lead the field and strokes gain hungry to play the open championship at St. Andrews uh, because, you know, he, he, he contended there in 2015 when Zach Johnson won, you know, he day had a chance on the 72nd hole to win it there. Uh, but it's a non, it's a non stat back narrative led, you know, I, I can't, uh, I can't roll the dice on that with, with how horrible he's playing. 
So to recap that uh, for my first, for my first uh, John Deere matchup, it's going to be Brendan Todd over Jason Day at minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Love that matchup, Doc. I'm going to be fading Jason Day at one of my matchups as well. But my first matchup I will be playing is Martin Laird over Arnabarn Lahiri, minus 120 on DraftKings. This is an elite stro- ball striker that can't putt versus a guy who is on tour because of his short game. Listeners will know which way I lean uh, in this matchup by that description. I love ball strikers. Martin Laird is currently 21st off the tee and fourth approach in his last 50 rounds relative to the field. He has top 40s in both of his starts at the John Deere, and he's coming off a 13th place finish at the Travelers, where he lost over two strokes on the greens. Meanwhile, Arnabarn Lahiri has really been struggling with his iron place, losing a shot to the field this season. Um, you know, Arnabarn is coming off three missed cuts in a row uh, coming in this week. Uh, it could be a no- another short week the way he's putting. Uh, he's losing eight strokes on the greens in his last three starts. So if this guy doesn't putt well, he misses the cut. Um, you know, if he k- continues that uh, poor putting, it's going to be, uh, you know, slam the trunk on Friday afternoon type performance. Doc, is there a, what do people call Arnabarn Lahiri to make that shorter? I need some sort of. Bond. Uh, it's Bond. Bon. And I okay. love him. Bon and I lo- and bon. I love, and I love him this week, by the way. Okay. Um, anyways, I'm out on Bond. Uh, the only two top tens Bond has this year is a, you know, was the 50 mile an hour wind asterisk players where he finished runner up uh, and got the, you know, the nice part of that wave. And the other one was the Wells Fargo, which had a crazy weather situation as well. Um, those are his only top tens. I think, uh, you know, looking at the weather, going to have a pretty standard week. Uh, he's not going to be able to ride mother nature into a top 10 this week. Uh, but yeah, when here he missed the cut last year at this event, uh, he finished 47th in the start before that. I think if Martin Laird puts anything but awful, this matchup is a done deal at minus 120. So recapping that, that's Martin Laird over Bon Lahiri, minus 120 on DraftKings. No, I saw, see, I, 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 I'm completely against that. I think Martin has a good week, but uh, Bon, he picks up strokes on the big grass. Let, he's not that bad of a putter. And no, he is. No, that's my issue, though. He is a great putter, but he lost strokes three weeks in a row. And it's obviously resulted in three missed cuts. So, you know, he goes as his putter goes. You know, if he has a lights out putting week, I'm a little concerned if Laird doesn't uh, putt great. But I'm getting the uh, number one player T to green in the field in this matchup, which I kind of like. I, I feel Lahiri, you know, as a guy who is really going to be slept on. Uh, you know, after a fluky week at the Travelers, it, you know, it was only the second event in eight starts uh, where where Lahiri lost strokes uh, from tee to green. Iron play, you know, a bit shaky the last two starts, but, um, you know, the greens at TPC Deer Run, um, you know, fair, you know, you can make a ton of putts on them. Lahiri dominates on these, uh, could dominate in this easier field. I like him this week. He's going to be one of my top 10 picks, but let give us a recap for that matchup real quick. That's Martin Laird over Anabarn Lahiri minus 120. Okay, my next and final matchup for the John Deere is going to be uh, John Ha over Lanto Griffin at minus 114 on Barstool Sportsbook. And, um, you know, John Ha is a diamond in the rough this week because uh, on the download, John Ha has top 25 finishes in his last three starts. He puts extremely well on bank grass and is doing everything so well from tee to green. Um, I really think John Ha is going to have a chance to win this tournament on Sunday. And one of the main reasons why is, you know, his past performance, the deer is, is possibly the best in the field. He's made four of his past five cuts at this event, including a seventh place finish back in 2018. Uh, this could be the week where it all comes together. Uh, for John, huh? when you look at Lanto Griffin and you look at the scope of the last 12 events for him, uh, 127th in strokes gained off the tee and you know 81st in strokes gained approach. And that's led to, uh, you know, missing his last two cuts has not finished better than 51st in five events. So um, he can bag it. It's going to be John huh, over Lanto Griffin at minus 114 on Barstool Sportsbook. 
And for my other matchup, uh, it's fade Jason Day week. I am taking Nick Hardy over Jason Day minus 108 on DraftKings. Um, there are only a few golfers playing better than Nick Hardy right now. Jason Day is certainly not one of them. Uh, Jason Day missed the cut by seven at the Travelers. Uh, before that missed cut, he had been playing decent with four straight made cuts going into Travelers. But the issue is he's putting, he has to put lights out right now just to make the cut and, uh, you know, to finish T43. Um, doesn't seem sustainable. Mentioned it earlier, the iron play is a real issue for Jason Day in his last four events. Meanwhile, Nick Hardy is playing arguably the best golf of his life right now. Um, Doc, the former Illini, Illini? Yes, right? correct. In, uh, in Nick Hardy um, should be comfortable. Uh, he's played this event before. Um, you know, playing some really good golf as of late. His last three starts are a 35th place finish at the RBC, a 14th place finish at the U.S. Open, and an 8th place finish at the Travelers. You want to talk about trending in the right direction. Um, you know, even though, you know, people see Jason Day, PGA champ, players, champion, you know, he's a veteran out here. Uh, the local Nick Hardy has played this event two times, made the cut twice, comparatively to Jason Day, who is making his uh, John Deere debut. Um, don't worry about brand names this week. Fade Day, take Nick Hardy in a matchup over him at minus 108 for my matchup. Okay, moving into our picks to place uh, for the John Deere. Uh, you know, Led and I did our little back and forth with the, his Laird uh, over Lahiri uh ticket which i i you know i i don't stand for that whatsoever i'm going with honor bond lahiri top 10 plus 600 on FanDuel for my first pick to place um you know it i love bond this week you know when you look at the scope of his last 12 events um you know 28th on tour and strokes gain total hitting his driver great Irons could be a little better. Didn't have a great iron week at the Travelers. It was, it was a fluky week. Um, it was really nothing to look into there. Uh, he starts missing greens, no problem. He's sixth and strokes gained around the greens last twelve event or last twelve rounds. Um, and as Led said, put, the putting has not been there for Bond uh, whatsoever. But um, Bink Grass, his best surface. I have no doubts that that it gets hot this week. Um, I don't think he wins. Uh, but I think he contends at, at the end of this week in the weaker field. Um, so my first pick to place is going to be Honor Bond Lahiri, top 10 at plus 600 on FanDuel. For my uh, first pick to place, I'm going to be taking Hayden Buckley, top 20 plus 400 on DraftKings. Hayden Buckley is coming off a 14th place finish at the U.S. Open and a 43rd place finish at the Travelers where he gained strokes in every category besides a disastrous hobbling-like chipping performance. Um, you know, if you would have been a little bit better around the greens that, you know, certainly would have been a top 20. Uh, he's had a very up and down year. Not going to sugarcoat it. He has five top 20s to go along with 12 missed cuts. Uh, you know, the way this season has been, he plays well for a couple weeks and misses uh, four or five cuts in a row. And that's kind of the growing pains, you know, for most of these rookies in terms of the fact that, you know, a lot of times they're playing this, these courses for the first time. Um but hopefully we're catching him during a good stretch. Um, stats wise, he's the second best driver of the golf ball in the field. I think that's going to be a huge advantage this week, if, especially with the, uh, you know, tough Kentucky bluegrass, you know, just lurking just off the fairway. If he can have a decent week with the irons, I think he can be right there. Um, after losing strokes with his irons seven weeks in a row uh, earlier in the season, he has now gained strokes with the irons in three straight weeks. And that's resulted in some, you know, good results that I talked about earlier. Uh, if he keeps that up, he should be good to go for a top 20 at plus 400, especially in this weaker field. So recapping that, that's Hayden Buckley, top 20 plus 400. A guy who has really, really had it going um, one, you know, in the fall season. Uh, was he up there in one of the majors? Was it, was it the PGA or the U.S. Open for, for a little bit? I No, it was definitely the tied, U.S. Tied 14th the U.S. Open. Yeah. Um. He didn't win this year, though. No, 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 no. Was in contention a lot in the fall. Yeah, yeah. In the fall, um, he kind of came out of the gates and then uh, had a rough stretch, uh, a couple of rough stretches during the year. But we see that with rookies. You know, I think um, it is a bit of an advantage to have played the course before coming in this week rather than playing it blind. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like 
Sagi Tagala. Maybe he, uh, you know, maybe he didn't, uh, maybe he underestimated the height of that lip. Yeah. <laughs> if it was his eighth time playing it, maybe, no, you know, um, obviously that's like just like a point blank decision. But who knows if he had played that tournament four times in the past and been up against that lip one time before, pitched out, got it up and down, made par the old fashioned way, maybe he would have maybe uh, been more inclined to do that uh, under the gun. So I think, uh, you know, getting experience on these golf courses is huge, but uh, for someone like Hayden Buckley, who is the, you know, second best driver of the golf ball in the field, I think, uh, you know, kind of underrated. He's not like this huge guy. Uh, he's got the wrist taped up. You don't know exactly what's kind of going on there, but, uh, you know, clearly with stats, he uh, hits it out there and puts the ball in play. And uh, that's a good start for a gear run this week. Okay, my next uh, pick to place is going to be – I'm going to fall for one of these favorites. It's going to be Patrick Rogers' top 20 and plus 170 um, and a couple things. One, I really like his past performances um, at the Deer. It's something that you can't note with many other events for Patrick Rogers. He's just kind of – I mean, led since he came out of Stanford, um, you know, one is, you know, his – his quest for perfection, you know, has kind of hurt him a little bit, thinks he should go out there and birdie 18 straight holes, uh, which is nearly impossible. Unless, of course, you have asked the live people, you know, 54 is definitely in play. Um, but, you know, getting back to the point on, on P. Raj, um, I think the course history really does matter for him here. I think um, he seems like a guy who, who goes back to – the courses of his preference and plays well year after year. I mean, there's only four or five of them, but it's enough to keep his card. Um, So that's one, you know, is the course history and two, you know, the recent play has been, you know, extremely solid Um, over his last 12 rounds. He's 11th in strokes game total um, and is putting very well. Uh, So I got to take a chance on him this week. Patrick Rogers, top 20 uh, plus 170 on DraftKings is my second pick to place. Yeah, and Doc, my other pick to place is my best bet. So I'm just, it's Martin Laird, top 20 plus 300, but I'm going to go over that uh, later um, in the pod. Perfect. I have one more. Um, it's going to be Charles Howell, the third, top 20 uh, at plus 150. Uh, this is a guy who's putting a lot like Honor Bonley here right now, 102 um, in strokes gain putting over his last 12 events. Uh, but I have to think, I have to look at the, the past winners here. Uh, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, um, you know, Ryan Moore, all kind of uh, extremely good wedge, you know, uh, distance wedge players um, and make a lot of, you know, distance putts uh, as well. And that kind of fits the, you know, the mold for Charles Howell III this week. Last couple of events have not been too bad. 35th at Travelers and 18th at Memorial. You have to think if he can just, um, you know, get the putting together, uh, then he's going to have a pretty good week. So I'm going to take a chance on him as well. That's Charles Howell, the third uh, top 20 at plus 150 on FanDuel. And moving into our picks to win. Uh, my first one is going to be Nick Hardy at 40 to one on DraftKings. Doc, let's call this what this is. It's a strong corn fairy event. Uh, Nick Hardy is one of the hottest golfers in the world right now and is trending in the right direction. I think 40 to one is a good number for him and wouldn't be shocked if the former Illini golfer broke through for his first tour win this week. Um, you know, top 20 in the US Open, eighth at Travelers last week. I think he keeps it rolling. Um, and the fact that he's already played this event twice, it's, uh, you know, it's not like he's walking on the first tee and asking where the hole goes. I think that's important for, uh, for a rookie. Okay, so my first uh, pick to win is, is someone that we've uh, we talked about today, Brendan Todd, uh, thirty three to one on Bet three six five, uh, led one of three Georgia Bulldogs in the field, Grayson Sig and Ruji Amata, the other two. Um, Todd hasn't won since the two thousand nineteen Mayakoba, um, so it, it's been you know kind of uh, three years, kind of like Xander. Uh, but I like that this week. We went over it earlier in the pod. That's Brendan Todd at 33 to one on bet three, six, five. Doc for my other picks to win, uh, Doug Gim at 60 to one. I think that's a good number for him. He finished 18th last year, uh, at this event. 
Um, that can, number can be found on DraftKings. And then I like Martin Laird at 70 to one on DraftKings. Um, I'll discuss more about him in the best bet, but man, if he hits it tee to green, like he normally does and uh, you know, has a hot putting week, I think he can win this golf tournament. Uh, not many guys in this field are a hot putter away from running away uh, with this event, but that's exactly what Martin Laird is. He's the best ball striker in the field. And don't forget he is a four time PGA tour winner. So you know, if it gets there late on Sunday, he's probably going to be one of those, one of the more comfortable guys uh, in the mix. But yeah, I just really like the way he's striking the ball. So recapping my picks to win Nick Hardy, 40 to one, Doug Gim, 60 to one and Martin Laird at 70 to one. Okay. My last uh, pick to win is going to be John uh, at 66 to one on bet three, six, five. This is a guy who's not won a PGA tour been 10 years uh, back at the, the Mayakoba golf classic ended up having a, a really good 2013 finished 11th at the masters and 17th at the U S open 23rd at the players. Uh, so it's been a while for John. Huh? I mean, I saw him um, at the Houston open uh, Monday qualifier, you know, he's not even, you know, uh, guaranteed into uh, a full season of events on the PGA tour. They're playing off exemptions Mondays, um, you know, kind of all over the place. Well, uh, he's put together three incredible starts, uh, you know, 12th at Charles Schwab in Fort Worth, 25th in Canada, and then 13th at the Travelers last week. Um, he is playing extremely well. And, you know, like I said, a guy that knows how to win, um, it wouldn't just be kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, he's really definitely been trending in the right direction. Um, you know, has the wedge play to get it done here and can certainly make the putts. So my second pick to win is going to be John, huh? at 66 to one on bet three, six, five. And moving into dark horses, I'm going to be taking David Lingmurth top 40 plus 290 on DraftKings. Um, he's coming off a great week at the U.S. Open where, you know, he's right there through 36 holes and then kind of faded on the weekend. Uh, you know, kind of been, you know, he's been playing some Monday qualifiers. He's been, you know, he doesn't have his uh, full card right now, but he's made five out of the last seven cuts on tour he's played in this year. Uh, when you look at the, this course, um, you don't need to bomb it. I was looking at the stats last year, Doc. Uh, even a guy like Steve Stricker picked up strokes off the tee last year. So it obviously shows that it puts an emphasis on accuracy because, you know, Stricker probably can't hit it more than 275, 280. Uh, is he still rocking the, uh, the the 975 titleist with the V2, you know, that yellow-gray shaft that he used to, that he used to rock? Um, anyways, though, I'm not going to lie. His course history is rough here. Uh, you know, I feel like just like last week with Tony, you know, if he hits fairway, if he hits fairways, we shouldn't care really too much about course history. I think, you know, a lot of times it's never a, I'm never going to like look at a guy who has like three top tens at a course and be like, um, it's not a bad thing. Obviously it's a good thing, right? If anything, it kind of makes the number uh, a little more expensive than it would normally be. But I think a lot of times. You know, we look at last week, Tony, he's missed the cut at Travelers three weeks in a row, uh, sorry, three years in a row. And then all of a sudden that price gets, you know, top 10 plus 400 gets inflated so much that we almost have to bet it. Um, I think a lot of times we do overreact to some of that course history. Um, totally. The last, the last uh, three times um, Ling Mirth has played here, he was kind of going through the, the lows of his game. So I'm not really too worried about that. He seems to have gotten it back on track. Um, a course that he's done well on, which is our course comp, um, is, you know, the course uh, TPC. Sorry. What's the last week's course called? Doc, having a mind TPC part. River Highlands. Yeah, TPC River Highlands. He does have two top 30s there in his last two starts. That's very similar golf courses um, to, to, uh, to this week. So, you know, another thing is his best putting surface is bent. So on a course, you're going to have to make a lot of birdies. Uh, I think he – you know, I think he can make the cut and then, you know, we can be right there on that, uh, you know, top 40 plus 290 ticket. So for my dark horse, yeah, David Lingmurth, top 40 plus 290. Starting to play well this year. Uh, kind of started the season Mondaying into events, uh, as you said, and now he's starting to get some of that status back. So um, it'll be exciting to see him back in the mix. Uh, that guy's that, that guy built for the British Open. You get a 50 mile an hour win. That guy is not getting moved. At St. Andrews? 
Yeah. What, what a horse that would be. Uh, yeah. Good spot there. Hopefully he gets one of those three spots this week. My dark horse is going to be Adam Svensson, uh, top 10 plus 600 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, led the Sven Dog has been playing beautifully over his last two starts with a uh, 21st place finish uh, in Canada and then a T25 uh, finish at the Travelers last week, and he's now made his last five cuts and ranks 100th on the FedEx Cup standings. And Svensson is coming to a golf course that sets up so well for him. He must wedge it well and make th- the distance putts, something he has done well over uh, the last five weeks, picking up shots on the green in every event uh, since the Wells Fargo at the beginning of May. And when you look at the last time Svensson played the John Deere, which was 2019, he finished 18th in what was his third top 20 finish uh, of his PGA tour career. So a place that he came to uh, early on and performed well, he should have some good memories coming back here. Um, and since then, I mean, Sven dog has developed into a world-class ball striker and a player uh, we're going to watch on TV in years to come. Uh, in my opinion, he 100% contends this week. So my dark horse is going to be Adam Svensson top 10 plus 600 um, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay, and moving into our DraftKings lineups, I'm going to start it off with Webb Simpson, Martin Laird, Nick Hardy, Doug Gim, the local boy Adam Shank, and Chez Reeve as my caboose, who had a nice week last week at the Travelers. Okay, my lineup uh, for this week, the John Deere, is going to be Adam Hadwin, Christian Bezudenhoit, Honorbon Lahiri, John Huh. Uh, Nate Lashley, a guy who's also just a very good pick this week as far as a top 10 or top 20 is concerned, plays really well um, on the easy golf course, one that has a lot of room off the tee, uh, similar to what they see in Minnesota for the 3M. Um, and then my caboose is going to be Ryan Armour, who is uh, has put together some really good starts the past four weeks, 25th at the Wells Fargo, 35th at the RBC, and 25th at Travelers. And I mean, quick note of Ryan Armour, uh, over his last 12 rounds, he ranks 20th um, in strokes gain total and is putting it pretty decent. So don't be surprised uh, to see a good week from Ryan Armour. Um, led moving into winning score. Nice work last week. Uh, you got the job done. 1,800 travelers. 1,800 travelers. Uh, Xander, of course, birdie, uh 18 to get to 19 under par. But yeah, we've been right around there the last couple of weeks. US Open uh, was spot on. So. Um, for my winning score this week, I'm going to go with 22 under par. For mine, um, I'm going to go with 27 under this week, lad. Wow. I think they get to 27 under a la Michael Kim in 2018. Weather looks pure. Um, yep. And I think this is probably the easiest course on tour. Before we keep it moving uh, for John Deere Classic, we, let's talk about what you're missing out on over on pregame.com Game Center. The pregame.com game center is an up to second odds screen. You can watch live scores and odds change in real time for any sport. It's like being right at the sports book, but better. The game center will give you the odds for the biggest and best sports books in Las Vegas online and offshore. Do you want to see what teams totals or specific wagers uh, are being bet on? You can do that in the pregame.com game center by simply clicking on the consensus tab. Real-time money and ticket counts are displayed for every single game. So before you bet, increase your chances of winning with the pregame.com game center today. Little live golf talk here. Yeah. Um, they picked a really tough golf course, at least in the word in terms of the way it played for the live golf, like playing that centurion, whatever, where like even was like a good score each day. So I'm assuming they're going to want to – they don't want 83s being thrown up there. I assume they're going to try to make Pumpkin Ridge as easy as possible, and they're probably looking for a, you know, 18-plus kind of under par kind of week as well. I watched Tigers USM there yesterday, uh, and not too many exciting features on that golf course. I, I guess, you know, uh, whether a, a birdie fest attracts more viewers um, – you know, I'm not sure, but I don't know why I keep bringing up viewership for the live tour. Um, Cause it's not like they care about viewership. So um, it should be interesting. A lot of golf this week led. Um, so uh, I think, I, I think I saw, I think I saw Sergio at 16 to one and Poulter at 22 to one for the live tour event. So, um, you know, it's a hero world challenge field. 
Yeah, and uh, Doc, drop our handles or whatever. Tweet at us, guys, if you want us to potentially maybe start throwing in some uh, live golf picks. I know Doc is a little anti, but uh, I don't mind, uh, you know, potentially tossing in a, you know, you know, what's cool is all the different types of betting things that are going to be available, you know, even to the point where you could do team versus team matchups and, you know, all different kinds of stuff where you can kind of do deep dives and see how a team is hitting, you know, stroke play. And it'll be cool to see you know, right now. Like I feel like the live, uh, the live golf website isn't exactly what it needs to be. I, I think it's easier to get scores of a AJGA in Maine than it is to, uh, <laughs> to get live golf scores, but um, it'll be interesting to see how they, um, if they're supposed to be this modern tour, right. They should be kind of front runners in terms of golf betting and uh, kind of statistical analysis that it doesn't seem like they have really uh, gotten into too much. So we'll look to see how that kind of transforms. Well, I mean, for example, like starting with just the odds. So I'm here in Texas, so um, I can't actually put uh, bets in through like a FanDuel or a DraftKings, you know, have to text someone in another state. Yeah. You know, live golf um, odds are through Skybet, and I'm not, I, I can't even get access to look at the odds. I'm looking at the odds off a screenshot. Uh, yeah. but when, I, when I try to go like get into Skybet, I can't even look at any of the options. Um, I, but I know, I mean, some of the other books, DraftKings, FanDuel, I know they have live odds. But as far as getting specific into the team aspect of it and getting like the full um, nationalities, all that, um, I think it's going to have to come from from their own, you know, from, I mean, Sky, from Skybet, which seems to be the official book of Live. Isn't isn't uh, Bryson with uh, DraftKings? Right? Isn't that yeah, he is. Um, last time now. I checked, though, for now, yeah, for now. I, and um, it'll be interesting though to see if how they kind of do the betting stuff. You know, I know PJ Tour has been a little old fashioned with being hesitant to get into it, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, down the road, if you know football stadiums, they're starting to have sports books in. I don't see why a golf tournament couldn't. I think waste management, right? They're starting to potentially. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll have a DraftKings sports book on on site. Yeah, which is pretty cool. So, so pure. Yeah, we we got to go to that event next year. Um, okay. So we're done with winning scores led onto our best bets. I've already talked about this guy a lot today. It's going to be Brendan Todd top five at plus 700. I just think he's playing so well, uh, the stats and the, uh, the recent play, uh, match up really well. And I, 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 I see this as a spot where this is a guy who just had a fluky battle week last week. His odds got increased, and now we're going to jump on it. So uh, my best bet's going to be Brendan Todd, top five, at plus 700 on FanDuel. And for my best bet, I'm going to take Martin Laird, top 20, plus 300 on DraftKings. This is a guy who's coming off a 13th place finish at the Travelers last week and is the best tee to green, play- tee to green player in the field in his last 50 rounds. Um I love this bet because he can lose a couple strokes on the greens and still finish top 20. That's exactly what he actually did last week at the travelers. Um, you know, top forties and two starts at the John Deere. He looks to grab another solid performance coming in here this week. Um, you know, Martin is going to hit a ton of fairways and greens this week. So I think it's floor is a lot higher than most guys in this weaker field and guys priced in a similar range to him. Um, yeah. So Given the fact that they do have this weaker weaker field, I love this number for Martin Laird at plus 300 for a top 20 um, for my best bet. And that will do it uh, here on the Golf Preview Podcast for John Deere Classic Week. Uh, and yes, like uh, James just said, you have any questions, you can find us on Twitter, me, Will, uh, at DRmedia59, and James on Twitter, at James Ledbetter. Um, you know, yeah, and and you know, kind of going back to the topic of of kind of what's going on in the golf world, um, you know, that the, I think the one you know positive that you can say is there's more golf going on, uh, which we can't argue with. It's great. Um, you know, I I, I haven't. Uh, I'm not going to venture down the 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 live tour. Um, you know. Odds one, you know, I'll fully admit, you know, I'm employed partly by the PGA Tour uh, one and number two. I'm a big believer in the ecosystem that the PGA Tour has built with 
um, PGA tour corn fairy tour, which yes, is unwatchable. I'll admit that, but it provides the, you know, the minor league system for the PGA tour, Canada, Latin America. I've seen guys come up and make it through there. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the tour on this one. I certainly think there's room for more golf. Uh, when the PGL premier golf league first proposed this, I thought it was a great idea. Um, and that, you know, three, four events a year, premier golf league style team format was something, um, you know, that was very interesting led. Uh, but then, you know, Norman takes that idea and, and gets the, uh, the Saudi money behind it, which, um, I'll note this, all the human rights arguments is total bull crap. The tour does business with China has for the last eight years and it is planning on going back. If you notice, Brandel refuses to admit that the PG, the PGA tour will eventually go back to China. Um, so they're, you know, they're both in the wrong there, but the bottom line is I, I believe in the PGA tour ecosystem led. I believe in the minor league system, the farm system, just like the MLB. So um, that's kind of, that's kind of my two cents on it. Yeah. It's interesting for, uh, you know, watching formula one and how much that has taken off. You can certainly see some um, things they're trying to copy, even whether you're talking about the leaderboard that, you know, sits on the side of the screen and stuff like that. It'll be interesting to see how it evolves. I think the fact that, First of all, they have unlimited money and the fact that they can pretty much do whatever they want gives him, uh, you know, a bit of an advantage over PJ tour. PJ tour obviously is like, they're going to go back to sites that they've always been to. They do have those relationships with courses and sponsors, whereas live can say, you know, screw it. We're going to go play in Alaska tomorrow. You know what I mean? They can just they literally, there's no rules, right? So it's tough to, it's like, uh, you know, any competition, if you're playing against someone that doesn't have to uh, follow rules, right? <laughs> it's it's really tough to kind of beat them out. So, um, you know, I think the team aspect of it, it'll be interesting to see how that grows. You know, right now, uh, whether it's the Crushers or the High Flyers or the Niblicks or whatever, it's kind of ridiculous names. I think when, um, you know, even football teams or sports franchises, when they change names, a lot of the times it's like, I cannot believe we have to call this team the Pelicans or, you know, I cannot believe we have to call this team the, uh, the guardians or, you know, so, and then five years down the road, it's like, how did we ever call them anything but that? Right. So it'll be interesting to see. It'd be cool. I think one more thing they should maybe think about doing is the teams are constantly changing. No one knows Sergio's changed his team two times in two events already. Um, As they get more guys who knows how these teams are going to work out, but it'd be cool if, um, if they get stuff figured out, if manufacturers potentially start teaming up with teams, right? So it's a, I'm not, you know, maybe Callaway has two yeah. teams and Titleist has two teams. And it does kind of have that Formula One feel, right, to uh, Mercedes versus Ferrari versus, you know, all those different kind of manufacturers. So uh, in terms of, you know, if a team wins the Manufacturers Cup or whatever, maybe uh, – People are more inclined to go by a Callaway driver versus a Titleist driver or something like that. So, like I said, they have no rules. So it's uh, I think they're here to stay, at least for the for the meantime, because that uh, money isn't exactly going to dry up. But it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, PJ Tour has already kind of made those, uh, you know, it's not a boxing match. Right. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of like, OK, we're doing this. OK, we're doing this. So um, say what you will. I think, uh, you know the PJ tour product certainly will uh, benefit from it. So it's not the worst thing in the world always to kind of have that competition. Yeah. When, when uh, you know, just one more, one more note to, to finish this off uh, when, uh, when we first found out that there'd be guaranteed money, I was kind of going, how do you, how are you supposed to bet on golfers that are, you know, making guaranteed money? Well, you look at boxing and, you know, all their money's up front. Uh, but I, I certainly think you're going to miss the, uh, Svensson top 20 plus 600 numbers, you know, the, the, you know, the hunger and, and these underdogs, um, to, to go out there and get it. I think that's an obvious, um, point, but, uh, you know, what's cool doc. I, one more thing is I always find this week one week two NFL season. I'm really interested to see how Trevor Lawrence plays. Okay. He's played at Clemson. He's had all these, you know, amazing players behind him. 
you know, guys at Alabama who, you know, may not have played, they used to, you know, they're playing like Alcorn state or whatever uh, on some off weeks. And then it's like, okay, well this week you're playing the bills or you're, the, you're playing the Pats, So you better have your stuff together. I think it's pretty cool how, uh, you know, we could see some more scenarios. PJ tour, you know, they started doing this recently too, where you see these top players out of college and boom, they're in, you know, with the sponsor exemptions, all of a sudden they're up against the best in the world. You know, you look at, I don't know how to say his last name, Thor Borian. How do you say that? Thor Bjolson. Thor Bjolson, right? It's pretty cool. You know, the guys, uh, you know, still in college and able to finish T4 in a PJ Tour event. I think the more times we can kind of see the, you know, younger uh, generation, uh, you know, give them more opportunities. That's great as well for, for the tour. Well said, Lud. Uh, well, we're both uh, we're coming off a, a week where we both hit uh, hit the winning pick. We both had Xander at twenty to one, looking to uh, to to do the same thing uh, for the John Deere. So uh, we'll see you next week. I, I will say this: we're definitely doing Scottish Open. Um, yeah. We're doing Scottish Open field. It's PGA Tour. Um, the PGA Tour runs the event. We will not be doing Barbasol. Uh, we you know we 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 handled the weak field this week. Uh, time to get to the stars for the Scottish next week. Yeah. In the meantime, it's Pumpkin Ridge week, baby. Oh, jeez. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Uh, we'll see you next week um, here on the Dream Preview. <laughs>